You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, welcome again to our broadcast today, Taking Territories. And uh, we're going to wrap up on our teaching from the book of Jude. We're talking about contending for the faith. We've been talking about this uh, for the past, this is the third week now. So um, it's, it's a very, very powerful book, very loaded, just one chapter and yet so significant. And isn't it interesting that this book was, was written uh, 2,000 years ago and yet it's still very relevant. It would seem as if Jude saw our time when he, start, when he wrote this letter. He wrote this letter to, 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 to the saints. And uh, we know Jude was a half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although he doesn't introduce himself that way, he introduces himself as a servant, a servant of Jesus, a born servant of Jesus Christ, and then as a brother to James. So uh, Jesus had four brothers. You know, he had four brothers and then sisters. Those are like, uh, after Jesus was born, Mary conceived and she gave birth to other children. I know that there are some people that teach that Mary remained a virgin for life. No, <laughs> the Bible doesn't show, teach us that. Yes, unfortunately, that's not the truth. Okay, so uh, Jude and James were among the brothers of Jesus who didn't believe in his ministry. They didn't believe in his ministry when he was ministering until after the resurrection, after the resurrection, when he appeared to his, his, his family, they all believed and they, they went on to become great men of God. His brothers became great men of God. We had James who was the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. And then we have Jude here who was a, um, a, a, a traveling uh, teacher of the word as well. And uh, then the sisters, history tells us that the sisters actually, the sisters actually got married to preachers. <laughs> so they were very much involved in ministry. Okay, yeah. So let's, let's, let's go, let's, let's do a, a quick recap on what we've covered. Some of the principles we've covered from, from the beginning and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, uh, Jude, he starts by saying, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and the bro brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. So he is writing to believers. He's not writing to unbelievers, no, he's writing to believers, okay? Yes, and then he says in verse 2, mercy, peace. And love be multiplied to you. We need a lot of mercy, I'm telling you. And uh, so he now starts in verse 3. He says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered for all to the saints. So he's writing and exhorting them. He says, I wanted to write to you about a common salvation, but now <laughs> by the Spirit, he found it necessary to 
to, to write to them to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. To contend earnestly. All right. Vigorously. You know, contend for the faith. So, the reason for this is that false teachers have, have, um, false teachers have invaded the territory and they're spreading their teachings. And these people were causing a lot of havoc in the body of Christ. So that's why we found James is writing to correct this. We know that someone like, um, like John also wrote to confront false teaching. And Peter as well wrote to confront, confront, confront false teachings. Even Paul, Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians. You will see that he writes to confront false teachings. So you see that false teaching is not strange to, um, to, to Christianity. It's actually, it's actually the work of the enemy to try to introduce teachings to mislead people, to take people away from the faith. Okay, so, so he doesn't mind them being religious, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. The power of God is in the true gospel. The gospel, the preaching of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's where the power is. So when the truth is diluted, then it becomes powerless and it's not able to transform lives. It's not able to impact people. It's not able to change lives. So that's why you need to be careful what you feed on. Because if you start feeding on something that is not the truth, what's going to happen is that the power of God's word will begin to wear off in your life. And then you won't experience the power of God's word in your life. Alright. So, um, contending for the faith. So, basically the book of Jude are divided into three parts. Okay, The first part is... From verse 1 to 4. And then the second part is from verse 5 to 16. And the last part is from verse 17 to 25. So, um, in, in the first part, he is, he is exhorting them to contend for the faith. He's exhorting them to contend for the faith. Then, from verse uh, 5 to 16... He starts talking about those who have departed from the faith. Those who have departed from the faith. And you see the interesting thing about these people is that, um, let, me, let me just put it this way. There are groups of people too. Um, there is those who are, who are sinners, okay. We have sinners. Then we have those who are saved. Then, uh, from those who are saved, there are those who backslide, okay, backsliders. And then from those who are backslidden, we have um, those who are called apostates. Those are the ones that have departed from the faith. And one of the things that Paul taught us in Thessalonians is that in the last days, many are going to depart from the faith. They are going to depart from the faith. In other words, there are people who will be carrying the Bible, but will depart from the faith. They will become apostates. Departing from the faith. Now, they don't mind using the name of the Lord, especially if it is going to benefit them in one way or the other. But 
Their life does not reflect Jesus Christ. Okay, so these are the people that um, Jude is dealing with here. So he found it necessary to drop what he wanted to write about and to write about this because this was pressing by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit impressed upon him to, to focus on this and deal with these false teachers. Deal with these false teachers to help people. Because you see, there are many teachings today that encourage people. Encourage people not to obey God. I used to say that any Jesus that is introduced to you, any Jesus that is introduced to you that does not require obedience is not the Jesus of the Bible. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible requires obedience. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I, 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 I command? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? So there are people who are going to stand before God one day and say, Lord, we did this in your name. And we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. You that practice lawlessness. You that practice lasciviousness. You that had license to, to sin. <laughs> you know. So those are the people that Jesus is going to tell to depart they depart. So we don't want to be like that. Okay. So uh, Jude begins to deal with, he, he begins to address, um, address different aspects of these false teachers. I remember last week we were talking about the, the teachings of the Gnostics. The Gnostics, um, their teaching basically um, produced a lot of immorality among God's people. They taught, they taught that um, the spirit and, uh, and the body are so different. The spirit is, is pure. The body is evil. So whatever happens in, in the body doesn't affect the spirit. Or whatever happens in the spirit doesn't affect the body. So it doesn't matter how you live. Can you imagine such nonsense? doesn't matter how you live. And so because of that, when people are not, when people are not motivated to obey God, then it leads to a lot of immorality. It leads to a lot of corruption. It leads to all kinds of lifestyle. And not only that, but uh, not only that these teachers have departed from the faith, they are now encouraging other people to follow in their footsteps. Encouraging people who are saved to walk away, to depart from the faith. So be careful in this day and age not to be lured into departing from the faith. Not to drift away from the teachings of Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. So... And, 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 and so, um, he, he now begins to talk about the impending judgment of God on those who are disobedient. He says to them, listen, God judged the angels in heaven that sinned. The same God that we worship judged the angels that sinned. 
Okay? He also um, is the same God that, that, that um, judged people like, like Cain. Alright? He judged Balaam. He judged, he judged um, the uh, Korah. Uh, uh, the, the, the Korah company, the same God is still around today. He's still alive. He has not changed. Don't be deceived into thinking, into thinking that God will not judge sin. He will. Any sin that is not repented of will be judged. It will be judged. Unless there is repentance. If there is no repentance, there is judgment. Repentance is what gives you access, gives you access to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, let me say this, that those who have departed from the faith, according to Jude, from, you know, the apostates, an apostate cannot be restored. An apostate cannot be restored back to Christ. Okay, a backslider can be restored to Christ, but an apostate cannot be restored to Christ. He has fully departed from the faith, turned his back completely, completely on the Lord Jesus. And that reflects in their lifestyle. So these people were like that. And so they... If, if, if the angels were judged and, and the, um, Balaam <laughs> was judged, Sodom and Gomorrah, the city uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah was judged. Yes, if they were judged, guess what? God is still going to judge sin. Any sin that is not repented of. But you see, the problem with apostates is that they don't have the ability to repent. They've gone so far, so far, and they turn their backs on the Lord. And once they turn their backs on the Lord like that, yeah, <laughs> we just, we just, uh, we just leave them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, these people, they, 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 they were all over the place. And uh, let me just read verse, verse fifteen. Okay. Let, let me, let me read verse fifteen. To, to buttress the point, uh, he says, okay, verse 14. Let me read from 14. Now, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all. He comes with ten thousand of his saints to do what? To execute judgment. Okay, so God is coming. The Lord himself is coming to execute judgment. And the judgment is on all. I want you to underline that word all. Maybe circle it. If you are not afraid to mark your Bible. All. To, he, he's coming to execute judgment on all. No one that is not repentant is going to escape. Okay. And then to convict all as well. He's coming to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds. All right. 
all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So you see the word all, 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 all there being emphasized. Hmm? So the Lord is coming. There is a day of reckoning. There is a day of reckoning. But God is admonishing us. Because one of the things about these people is that they also, um, they, 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 they also encourage people not to look forward to the coming of the Lord. Not to look forward to the coming of the Lord because the Bible says, He that has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure. So when you have the hope that one day Jesus is coming, it helps you to live the kind of life you're supposed to live if you have that consciousness. But if that consciousness is taken away from you, you don't have the kind of deterrent from, you know, that, that, that will keep you from living a sinful life. So these teachers went around and they're teaching things that, 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 that just cause people to go rampant. Listen to me. We are human beings in the flesh. The flesh, this is called the sinful nature. This body is the flesh, the sinful nature. There is sin in the body, okay? There is sin in the body. Now, if there is no truth, if the word of God is not being taught, and people are not taught the word of God. If you don't feed on the word of God, guess what? The sin nature is going to, is going to rise up from you, within you. It will rise up from within you and begin to take you in a different direction. And that's why you need to constantly feed upon the word of God on a daily basis. Feed upon the word of God on a daily basis. Why? It is good for you. It nourishes your spirit and makes your spirit strong to resist the desires of the sinful nature. So, these people, their flesh was let loose. And it took them away from the Lord. So, look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, these are grumblers. They, their life is full of grumbling. <laughs> Always grumbling, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, you see. According to the dictates of the flesh. According to the desires of the sinful nature. Sometimes you can wake up and not feel like doing anything good. Doesn't mean you go and live your life according to your feelings. You can't live by feelings. If you live by feelings, you can get lost forever. Okay, so discipline is important. If you are going to contend for the faith, the true message, the true faith that was delivered helps us to live above sin. Helps us to, to, to walk in victory over sin. So when the, 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 the truth is distorted, the power and the grace and the ability to live and to, uh, to, to, to have victory over sin is lost. Then sin now has dominion over you. So we don't want that. So that's why we need to contend for the faith that was once delivered. The faith that was once delivered.
Okay? A child of God should not be comfortable with disobedience. So now it says, uh, the, the, the mouth, great swelling words. <laughs> they, they say all kinds of big things that are <laughs> pompous words. You know, and, and, and not only that, they also flattering people to gain advantage. These are things, these are qualities that emanate from the sinful nature and manifest through these preachers or, or these teachers of the day. And I must say, we have to be careful that we don't allow this to begin to rear up in our midst. Okay, yeah, we're contending for the faith. If we're going to walk if we're going to see the power of God as we should, I'm telling you, we need, we need to contend for the faith. If we want to see the glory of God, if we want to see the outpouring of the Spirit, then we must talk about these things. Otherwise, we'll be a powerless church at the mercy, at the mercy of the enemy. And the enemy has no mercy. Yeah. But now, verse 17. All right, he says, but you, beloved, this is where the contrast is. The major contrast now begins from here. He's been dealing with the negative things, the, 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 the people, the, their attitudes, and all of that, and their, their characters, you know, sinful characters, and, and sinful nature manifesting, and all of that. But now he says, but you, beloved. And I'm speaking to you, beloved, today. All right. What we've been saying in the past is not describing you, but it's just for you to be aware, okay? Be aware of these things. He says, but you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the words that you have received. Remember the word of God. Remember the gospel that was presented to you. Okay? Don't forget it. Remember it. When you forget, then you tend to start going back like a dog going to its vomit. You don't want to forget. All right? It says, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who will walk according to their own ungodly laws. So remember, it has been prophesied, it has been spoken, okay, by, by, by the scriptures that in the last days, in the latter times, they are going to be mockers. Today, people mock Christianity like never before. People mock you for your faith. And it is going to increase. So you need to be well grounded and be strong in your convictions. Yes. So these are sensual persons. Okay. They are sensual persons. In other words, they are, um, they are worldly people. Just, the, just what the world wants is what, how they want to live. There's no difference. 
between the world and these people. Why? Because they are the world. These are sensual persons who cause divisions. These are people, they are going to mock and they are going to cause divisions. But we must remember the, the, the message that we have received, the, the, the faith that was delivered to us. We must remember that and not to let it slip. Okay, They will cause divisions not having the spirit. They don't have the spirit of God. And it doesn't matter if they can give accurate word of knowledge, I'm telling you. It doesn't matter if they can perform miracles. If they have these character traits, it is questionable. Yes. See, but you, beloved, hallelujah. Now, you, beloved, building up yourself. So, first of all, you, beloved, you need to remember, okay, don't forget. Don't forget the faith that was delivered to you. Don't forget that. Remember that. And don't fall into the trap of these people who are encouraging lasciviousness and all of that. Don't fall for that. Okay? As for you, what you need to do, not only to remember the faith, but now you need to build it up. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So you see here that the faith, the faith is holy. <laughs> the most holy faith. It reminds me of, uh, of Moses in the, in the tabernacle of Moses. You have the outer court. Then you have, you have the holy place. And then the most holy place, hallelujah, the most holy place, that's where the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant is. So you need to build yourself up in your most holy faith, the faith that comes from the presence of God, the, from the very glory of God, from God himself. Build yourself up in that faith, okay? And one of the ways, he says, you can build yourself up is by praying in the Holy Spirit. Building up yourself in your most holy faith every day. Make time to build yourself in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit is part of what you need in this day and in this hour. If you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, you don't build yourself in your most holy faith, then you become too weak to resist the winds of um, false doctrines and, and the winds, the pressures of the, of the enemy that is flowing around. You, you would lack the strength if you don't build yourself in your most holy faith. So build yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Building up yourself. In the most holy faith. So it's something, it's not something you do once. Building yourself, present continuous, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me read it in the Amplified and see. Let's see how the Amplified puts that verse. The Amplified, <coughs> verse 20, it says, Oh my. 
Thank you, Jesus. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, pray in the Holy Spirit. You see that? Yes. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, as you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're building up yourself. And in the Spirit, you are like an edifice that is rising higher and higher and higher. Higher above all this nonsense that the enemy is trying to use to cause people, to cause you to, to, um, to sway away from the path of the faith that was delivered. So building up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And then he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. This is another thing. So you're building yourself up in your most holy faith, okay? Then you are praying in the Holy Spirit, okay? Yes, these are things you need to do if you are going to contend for the faith. If you are going to keep the faith, you need to do these things, all right? So then he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. You need to ensure that you are walking in love. The love of God that has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You need to make sure that your life, you are walking in love all the time. If you don't walk in love, you can, you will, you will open the door for the enemy. So, keep yourself, keeping yourself in the love of God, and then also looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So you need to, um, yeah, <clears throat> you need to keep yourself in the love of God and then look for the mercy of our Lord. You're looking forward to His return. That's part of what will help you to keep the faith. If you know that Jesus is coming tomorrow, you're not going to stay in, 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 in a backslidden state. No. If you have the idea that Jesus is coming tonight. And you know you are just going to get make right. Immediately right. Because you want to go with him. So you need to have that consciousness. Have that consciousness. If you are going to maintain your faith. Yes. Let me read that in the. In the Amplified, in verse, verse, verse 20, 21, it says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. You remember at the beginning, when he started he was in, 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 in verse 2, he talked about mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. So now here he's telling you, you need, to, you need to keep yourself in the love, okay? You need to keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy. Looking, looking for the mercy, looking forward. You need to look forward to this mercy. This is because of his mercies that were not consumed. All right, yes. So grace gives you, entitles you to what you don't deserve. That's, that's grace. 
But mercy withholds the judgment you deserve. It withholds the punishment you deserve. That's mercy. So we need mercy. Okay? And then in verse 22 he says, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, loathing even the clothing spotted and polluted by their shameless immoral freedom. So there are some of these people who have not really gone, they've not crossed the line. Those people can still be rescued. So, so you need to, he says, have compassion. Okay? We need to have compassion and 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 um, save them with fear. It's like pulling them out of fire. They're out of the, fi- the flames of hell. Out of the fire of hell. We, 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 we need to reach out to them. Reach out to them and rescue them. This is like a rescue mission. A rescue mission. There are people who have, who have departed from the faith. Or who are on their way, they've backslidden, but they are on their way to crossing. You know, I know that it's not, um, um, to be an apostate is not something like somebody said to me um, some time ago, just saying, oh, well, you know, I think I have sinned, I've committed, I've committed a sin, I can't go to heaven anymore. And, uh, you know, and I said, no, you've not committed that. Why? Because you are still remorseful. You're still, you're still, the way you're talking, the way you, you're talking, you're talking as someone that really wants God. So, someone that is an apostate won't talk like that. So, you have not crossed that line. And, and so, I was able to help the person to come to the place of understanding to the place of understanding that uh, it, 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 takes, it takes a lot more. It takes a lot more to get to that place. Let me show you something in, um, in Hebrews. I'll give you an example. If you read Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 to 10, there's, he, he uh, okay, let, the, an apostate, all right? And as an apostate is somebody who has turned his back on the Lord, okay? And they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So they've turned their back on Jesus and they've crucified him the second time. Now these are not, these are not things that, these are not conditions that happen to baby Christians. Baby Christians cannot get to that place. These are People who have been enlightened, people who have been exposed, people who have tasted of the good word, who have partaken of, of, um, of the, the powers of the age to come. All right. So they've tasted all of this and then they turn their back. We say when they turn their back like that, there's no more hope for them. So what am I saying? Don't get to the point where you turn your back on the Lord. Okay, yes. 
They tread underfoot the Son of God. They despise the blood of the covenant. And they, they, they do insult to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. It says, no more sacrifice for sin, but fearful judgment will fall into the hands of they will fall into the hands of the living God. That's that's it. So so these are the people that uh, Jude is talking about. We need to be we need to be aware of this. So not everybody not everybody can uh, not everybody is there, but I want you to know that God God has um, God has given us His Spirit to guide us. And he has given us leaders to guide us. He has given us his word to guide us. And you need to be careful. Okay, you need to to be careful what you consume. Don't consume what is going to take you off track. Otherwise, my Lord, we are going to have to cry out to God, my Lord. So these people, he says, others you save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. You remember the story in Zechariah chapter 3. You remember Joshua the high priest? Joshua the high priest was standing, um, standing before the angel of the Lord. And then Satan was at his right hand to, to resist him. You remember that story? Yes. So... His garment was spotted. He had filthy garment. All right, and and the Lord, the the angel of the Lord, that's that's um, a theophany there. Okay, so the Lord says, remove his garment and put a new robe on him. Joshua, the high priest. Joshua was a priest during the time of the Babylonian captivity. So he had been stained by Babylon, by the scene of Babylon. Babylon is symbolic of the world. He had been stained. His garment had been stained. Okay, he had been stained by the, by the lifestyle of Babylon, by the scenes of Babylon. And so Satan now stood and was um, resisting him, accusing him before the Lord. He said, no, this guy, this, this, this guy, he's got my stuff. Look at his garment. So there he was, he was, um, uh, the Lord says, is this not a branch plucked out of, a brand plucked out of fire? So people can be taken out. There are some people, you know, with, through intercession, we pray for them. One of the ways we rescue people is through prayer. Prayer and intercession, we pray for them. If we can rescue them, perhaps God will grant them repentance. We pray for mercy. We pray for God. If there are people you know like that, you need to pray for them. Pray for them. Okay? Yes. That God will take them out. Pull them out of fire. Yes. And their garments defiled by the flesh. Yeah, that talked about Joshua. All right. Then verse 24. Look at 24. Now to him that is able to keep you from stumbling. My God. I love this verse so much. So much. Why do I love it so much? Because it helped me many years ago. (laughs) It helped me many years ago. I was 
in my in my early twenties, you know, I was I was always praying this I was always praying this verse and saying, God, you are able to keep me. I I commit myself to you, to you who is able to keep me from stumbling. The word stumbling there in the Greek is the same word for apostasy. It's not the same word for backsliding. No, backsliding is a different word. This one is the word apostasy. To him that is able to keep you from stumbling. And I kept praying, God, you are the one that is able to keep me from stumbling. I cannot keep myself. Help me, Lord. Help me guard my heart. Help me. Help me to stay on track. And you know what? God helped me. I never even backslid it. I just continued and continued and continued. But it's by grace. It's by grace. It's not by strength. It's not by might. Okay? It's, it's, it's by the grace of God. It's not by power. It's by the grace of God. So, I'm telling you that it is important for us to maintain, keep the faith, contend for the faith. When you are fighting, fighting for the faith, you are fighting for your soul. When you contend for the faith, you are contending for your soul. Because if you don't do that, while living in an age that the enemy is becoming more desperate. It's becoming more desperate. And we, we want to we stand firm so that we can, we can walk with God and rescue as many people as possible from the flames of hell. So we ourselves cannot afford to, um, to, to drift away. No, if we do that, we are going to lose out. Okay, let me read this verse in the Amplified, in um, verse, verse, verse 24. In the Amplified, how does the Amplified put it? Just a moment. It says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin and to present you unblemished, blameless, and faultless, in the presence of his glory with triumphant joy, hallelujah, and unspeakable delight. That is what God is able to do to him that is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He's presenting you faultless. He's not presenting you as someone that never sinned, but someone that cannot be faulted. He's presenting you like that to the Father. He is the one. The Lord Jesus himself is the one that can preserve you. He wants to preserve you and present you to the Father. And the Father will look at you and say, there is no fault. There's no fault here. There's no spot. There's no wrinkle here. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So good, so good, so good. Yes. To God our Savior. Now he ends up with the doxology. You know, I mean, from the beginning, if you see the tone of the letter, there's nothing about praise there. But the last verse, he ends up with doxology. He explodes with praise. And glory to God. 
He says, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, that is my God. Let me read it in the Amplified. He says, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power before all time and now and forever. Hallelujah. So God, I declare that your faith will not, you, you, you are not going to lose your faith. You will have and maintain and walk in this faith and in the power, in the power that God has made available through this faith, through this message, through this gospel, the power to preserve you. Yes, is released in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare by the word of the Lord that nothing is going to distract you. You are going to be sharp in the spirit. The spirit, the anointing within you shall abide, that abides within you shall guide you. He shall teach you. He will help you to discern and you will be able to decipher between right and wrong. Yes, from the, the truth and error in the name of Jesus. You're not going to depend on how you feel about the message. No, you're going to be able to discern by the Spirit. When you meet people, you know, the Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. When these false teachers, when these false teachers uh, come around you, and you, you begin to sense something uneasy about them. You yield to that. You avoid them so that they don't corrupt your faith. So that they don't spoil your garment. So you don't, you don't, you don't become like Zechariah, the, the, uh, like Joshua the high priest. Sorry, I said Zechariah. Uh, Joshua the high priest. In the time of Zechariah, yes. You don't become like that. You become like the one that is faultless. By the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus preserves us. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us. And so I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for the faith of your people to be preserved, O oh God. Now, I pray, O oh God, now to you that is able to keep them from stumbling. And to present them faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. To you, God our Savior, who, is, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're watching this and you're not born again, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus into your heart. Okay, if you, just, if, you, if you just pray after me, if you will pray after me, you'll receive Jesus. Jesus will come into your heart. Say this after me. Say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. 
and I confess with my mouth. I receive him. Jesus come into my heart. Make me a new person. Take away the heart of stone. Give me a heart that loves what you love and hates what you hate. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to pray for you now. Father, I pray. Pray for my brother, my sister who just prayed this prayer. I ask that your kingdom will come upon them right now. Let the new creation, the reality of the new creation dawn upon them. Thank you, Father. I ask, oh, Father, that you would give them the joy of salvation. Thank you, Lord. I break the power of sin. Every curse over their lives, I break right now. I release your blessing over them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure you contact us. Let us know. We would like to be in touch with you so that we can help you in this walk with Christ. Now, before we go, you want to give your offering, or maybe you've given your offering. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you right now. I know it's been a trying time for many people, but let me tell you something. I want you to have faith in God. Trust God. Believe God to work in your finances, okay? There is, there is a harvest coming for you. You've been faithful. There is a harvest coming for you. All right? Lord, I pray for your people right now. As they give, those who have given, those who are giving, and those who will give, oh God, even as a, res as a result of your word, to support your work. Lord, I pray your blessing over them. I speak and I declare increase in all ramifications of their life. In the name of Jesus, I command, oh Lord, your blessing upon their lives. Lord, I ask for wisdom, financial wisdom. I ask for wealth-creating ideas. I ask for opportunities to be released to them. Let doors open. Hallelujah. Doors of increase. Doors of promotion. Release that over your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you real good. Make sure you share this with someone. Okay. And I look forward to seeing you again. Same time next week we're here. God bless you. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.